1: I'm Myra Flynn. In Vermont, there's a certain question we've been getting a lot. Were all the new people moving to Vermont since COVID?
2: Is Vermont's population booming all of a sudden?
1: Are they planning to stay here? Is it just COVID homes?
2: There were all sorts of anecdotal stories about people moving into the state in droves.
3: Are we seeing a new influx of people like we did in the 70s um, coming and making Vermont their home?
1: That was Amanda Janu of South Stratford and Mike Leonard of Montpelier. And they are among the many people we've heard from here on BLS who are curious about all the people who have moved to Vermont during the pandemic, total newcomers to the state, also known as COVID transplants, and people who moved back here, aka replants. Listeners, you really, really seem to want to know who these people are, when they arrived, what they are doing here, and why they are here. But this question, the one that won our most recent voting round, feels different to the others.
4: My name is Sydney Lucia. I live in Winooski. And I was wondering, how are people who moved to Vermont during the pandemic doing now?
1: Sydney Lucia wants to know how these people are doing. Initially, I don't have to look very far for answers. Even the VPR newsroom is full of recent arrivals. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, my God. I'm <laughs> god. <laughs> Don't worry, we're all very civilized at the workplace. never working in this office again. I'm staying at home. I sit down with a few of my colleagues to hear how they'd answer Sydney's question. There's Connor Cyrus.
0: I'm doing all right. I
2: had community that I built the last time I was in Vermont. So it was nice to be able to come back and already had built-in community because finding it, maintaining it, it's tough in Vermont, especially when you're black and queer and
0: doing all the things in Vermont. You know, child, these streets are tough.
1: Kevin Trevelin.
0: I'd say I'm struggling in some ways, I'm doing well in other ways, and I'm not sure how much the state has to do with that.
1: And Michaela Lefrac.
5: Yeah, I feel hopeful and still a little lonely. And, like, I am ready for COVID to get the heck out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Today's question asker, Sydney, is a Vermont replant herself. And she asked this question because she knows the transition can be hard.
4: Yeah, so I actually moved during the pandemic, too. I'm from Vermont, but lived in D.C. for seven years. And then I moved to the Upper Valley. And that was a huge change moving from D.C. to a very small town. And it was a hard one, even though I love it. Um, So I think I was curious about how people move from like big cities to like such a rural state. Like, how do they find it? Are they liking it? Do they not like it? What's been surprising and are they going to stay?
1: Brave Little State, VPR's people-powered journalism project. Here on the show, we answer questions about Vermont that have been asked and voted on by you, our audience, because we know our journalism is better when you're a part of it. Today, we'll hear from some Vermont transplants, replants, and just general newcomers about their journeys to our brave little state during the pandemic. There's the Philadelphian.
2: I mean, I was like a sleazy, like punk adjacent uh, art hipster or whatever. So the fact that now I'm on a sailboat weekly is uh, pretty interesting.
1: The Detroiters.
6: We weren't sure what our first season was going to look like. At, at one point, there was an argument that we may not even have a first season last year.
1: And the Californians.
6: By the way, my name is Dylan, and sometimes I feel like I
5: live in a mansion.
1: And of course, they're all Vermonters now. We have support from VPR-sustaining members. Welcome.
6: Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com.
1: Sydney Lucia has submitted five questions to our show since 2018, but this one was her first winner.
4: So I'm just curious, like, people coming from big cities, is it a culture shock?
1: As a replant myself, I sometimes picture Vermont as that old-school caricature of a father asking, what are your intentions with my state? And that is indeed tough to answer, especially since some of us came here blindly, some of us fled to Vermont to find climate refuge. Thanks, California. Or y'all remember when we were getting paid to move here? The 2018 legislature, they... They
7: had this program for remote worker, and it started in January of 2019, and that money lasted a year, right?
1: This is Joan Goldstein, the commissioner of Vermont's Department of Economic Development. She's a Vermont transplant herself, but not because of COVID. She moved here 17 years ago from New York City, right after 9-11. Goldstein is talking about the Vermont Relocation Incentive Program, which, as she says, began in 2019, before the pandemic. The program awarded $10,000 to people who moved here and met certain requirements, because even then, Vermont was kind of desperate for people to move here, especially workers. In 2020, the program expanded. But then... And then when the pandemic hit, kind of activity
7: like halted for a long time, just naturally, right? Like people just weren't going anywhere. Then, like in the summer of 2020, it picked back up again, and we ran out of funds.
1: So when I got here in 2021, no funds for me.
7: The program was still on, just that we always in this situation where we run out of funds because the demand outstrips the supply.
1: For all you listeners out there still plotting your move, Goldstein says stay tuned. She's working on getting more money for the program.
7: This year we're asking for a million dollar in base and then... $5 $5 million in one-time money to make... Them.
1: She says the demand keeps outstripping our supply because people really want to live here. So it's a good thing. The real incentive to move to Vermont is Vermont.
7: But I think post-pandemic, is what's clear is that people want to live where they want to live. Like, it's less about, well, where's my job? It's, I want to live in Vermont. Let me figure out what I could do there.
1: I know this episode is about how Vermont newcomers are doing, not how many have come here. But a quick moment for some data. study that made headlines earlier this year found that Vermont had the highest inbound migration of any state in 2021. That's according to the moving company United Van Lines. Joan Goldstein also has some data, but it's only on the folks who received the state incentive.
7: So in total, so far this year, uh, including household members, 186 new Vermonters, That includes 20 school-aged children. 74% have a bachelor's degree or a graduate degree. Average household income, $83,000.
1: Goldstein says that most newcomers have moved to Chittenden and Washington counties. And also, a smaller group have moved to more rural areas. More than half have purchased homes and...
7: The average age is also 37.
1: You know, what's hilarious is... I'm 37, and pretty much everyone I interviewed is 36 or 37. That
7: is so funny. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) What is it about 37? What do you
7: think? (laughs) Well, I'm thinking it has to do with starting families. Once you start a family, you're thinking about people other than yourself. (laughs) And so it's sort of, where will I be safe? Where will my children be safe? I mean, that is a, a huge consideration for every parent. Um. And I think there's a confidence in your career, whether it's a career in Vermont or elsewhere. Like, you have some career chops. um, It's a good age. (laughs) It's it's a really good age.
2: I just bought an electric piano to try and up my piano game. The Yamaha P45, I believe.
1: This is John Ahrens. He wrote to us on Twitter. John is a musician. He moved from Philadelphia to Panton. That's over near Virgens in Addison County in January of 2021. And spoiler alert.
2: I'm exactly 37 as well.
1: John and the others in today's episode did not get to cash in on that incentive. They just came because they wanted to. Music brought John to Vermont. He toured Burlington a couple times with his band. After visiting more rural areas with his fiance, they fell in love with the state and made the move.
2: And was like, oh, this is this is Vermont. You know, there's more to it than than just Burlington and Church Street.
1: And to Sydney's other question about what surprises John ran into upon moving here, he's had a few. He says an allure of our green state was how low the COVID numbers were at the time and how high our vaccination rates are. But he still got COVID. Surprise! But it's not like the city didn't have its own issues.
2: I mean, like, in the city I got bedbugs, you know.
1: And there's the Vermont things about Vermont that have been, to use Sydney's word, challenging. The the city of of brotherly love Philadelphia is. Where are all the brothers? <laughs> do, you, uh, I mean, you are, do you identify as a white man?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to, you know, to square that circle, really. Um,
1: the longing for yeah. diversity is one of a few themes that will pop up in this episode. And like you'll hear each conversation kind of seems to come down to a feeling of um, hopelessness. Like... What can you do?
2: The The perception that uh, it's a liberal, you know, utopia or something up here that everyone's so accepting. It's like there's a lot of racism in the state and the police here, are, you know, have don't have a good track record when it comes to race. And, uh, you know, it just sort of sucks. Just to, you know, just be like, man, people are really just racist everywhere. I don't really know, you know, how do we how do we solve this problem? I don't know.
1: John says one of the best surprises since his move the benefit to his mental health and overall well-being.
2: For me, it was really just just a blessing to, to show up and to find people I really like spending time with. And we do things that aren't just going to a bar or whatever, you know, like we go hike or, you know, cross-country ski or go sailing. And that's a whole new world for me. I don't know. I mean, I was like a sleazy, like, like... You know punk adjacent uh, art hipster or whatever uh in warehouses in Baltimore for like ten years, so the fact that now I'm on a sailboat weekly is uh pretty interesting, but I like it i think i found i think I found home, yeah,
6: so it was really fun to like realize that the dried flower market here and, and the dried flower scene is probably a bigger market for us than even fresh flowers.
1: These are the former Detroiters. Nicole Becker and Lou Bluin own Dirt Monk Flower Farm in Williamstown.
0: I, I mean I had worked on farms and I think Nicole was very interested in gardening but um, when we bought our house in Detroit uh, like one of the first things we wanted to do was just like tear out the lawn.
1: Williamstown is a small town between Northfield and Randolph, nearly smack dab in the center of the state. Technically, Nicole owns the farm. Lou calls himself the farmhand. They are partnered but aren't married, 42, and, yep, 36. They moved here in April of last year to expand their flower farm.
0: We want to do something, like, messy and wild-looking.
1: Nicole and Lou chose Vermont based on its landscape and climate. And I'm not talking about weather. Not that type of climate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> We're like, where can you go and, and be in a rural place where people seem like they're a little more chill? There's obviously people here that have different political opinions, but it doesn't seem to overheat, like in the same way that we've seen, like, I mean, if people follow the news of Michigan, you know, like people tried to like kidnap and assassinate our governor. So like, that doesn't seem to be happening in Vermont so much. Um,
1: a broader landscape, seasonal changes, and the political climate Lou mentions means Vermont made the flower cut. Uh And both say it was an instant upgrade. In Detroit, Nicole and Lou were working with a little less than a tenth of an acre to run their flower farm. And in Vermont, their farm now spans seven acres. I asked Nicole and Lou if they felt nervous to pick up and move here to sell cut flowers. Had they wondered if in a state like Vermont, if it was like bringing sand to the beach or more specifically, like bringing a farm to a state full of farms?
6: We weren't sure what our first season was going to look like. At at one point, there was an argument that we may not even have a first season last year. Um, but we were able to get into a farmer's market our first season here. And I think business has been really good. I think it defied my expectations for a rural state.
1: Farmers' markets, festivals, roadside stands, and word of mouth have all worked in favor of the new farm. But if you're wondering how these two are actually making a living selling flowers, they're not. At least, not totally. Between gardening, they are still working remotely for their jobs back in Michigan. Lou works at University of Michigan-Dearborn, and Nicole helps run utility energy efficiency business programs. Both say they love it here. And there have also been some challenges.
0: Like living in Detroit, I would say our neighbors were almost all black. And I probably never felt more at home. (laughs) You know, like we'd spend hours talking to our neighbors. It was like a throwback to the 1950s, you know, where like you watched each other's kids. And Well, we don't have kids, but we watched everyone else's kids, (laughs) you know, hanging out in the garden. And um, so that's been been tricky.
1: Overmont, we are even too white for white people.
0: It is a stark, you know, adjustment, I think, when you're suddenly, you know, around a bunch of white people, which sounds funny to say as a white person. Um, But, you know, we were we were just definitely accustomed to being around, um, you know, people that didn't look like us. And it was fun. You know, it was good. There's something good about that.
1: Speaking of community,
4: Vermont's such a state focused on community, and I think it can be hard here to make friends or like meet people if you're not.
1: This is Sydney again, our question asker. Sydney, you make a great point. Everyone I spoke with in this episode gained this awesome state, but had to leave some stuff or some people behind. And change is hard. It's way harder than staying the same. And I think the thing that makes any change feel like the right change is a sense of welcome and belonging.
7: I mean, I think that's the crux of the matter, right? Like, people want to locate where they feel comfortable. And,
1: you know, some communities are better than others. This is Commissioner Joan Goldstein again, and she gets it. She's done some high-level thinking about Vermont's wins and losses for newcomers. After all, she's the one ushering some of them, us into the state and you know is the community welcoming to newcomers you know vermont
7: is an interesting town right because a lot of times people, like i'm i'm a newcomer i'm here 17 years um <laughs> i'm still a newcomer um so i think vermont has a long i think vermont has more work to do
1: i'd be remiss not to bring up these feelings of welcome and belonging to lou and nicole who moved here to make their way into vermont's deeply rooted farming community
0: I feel like sometimes that stuff is just overblown.
1: Lucky for them, they say they have felt welcome from the start.
0: I think in general, just if you're not a jerk to people, <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're sincere and, and you're nice, most people are going to be nice and sincere back to you. The one thing I will say, though, When we got to Williamstown, we were kind of shocked by how different it didn't feel as well. Um, Yeah, you didn't have that kind of like obvious racial diversity. But it seems like a lot of people that just like want to do their own thing, go their own way, um, and live and let live. And I would say that very much describes the vibe in Detroit. And so that whole like mentality of neighborliness that I think comes from that um with something that we found here just as much as we did in Detroit and that was a that was a really pleasant surprise
1: The header on the about us page of the Dirt Monk Flower Farm website reads we are two detroiters who've decided to act on our flirtation with farm life So to Sydney's other curiosity about whether the new Vermont transplants will stay It seems Nicole and Lou have moved on from flirting. They in Vermont are, like, full-on dating.
0: Nicole drove the 26-foot Penske truck all the way from Michigan.
6: (laughs) I'm never moving ever, ever again. (laughs) I'm staying here forever.
1: When we come back... I meet a family who moved from Oakland, California, and we do a lightning round of city stereotypes. Welcome back to Brave Little State. I'm Myra Flynn. And today, I'm speaking with a diverse group of people who moved to Vermont during the pandemic to answer this winning question from Sydney Lucia. How are the people who moved to Vermont during the pandemic doing now? To speak with this next family, I get in some miles on road conditions that have no doubt made an impression on folks not from these parts. Yep, I made this drive during mud season. Roads are still still pretty muddy, but not what they were a couple weeks ago. In a quarter mile, the destination is on your left. Glad I have four-wheel drive. The Meachams live in Woodbury, a small town about 30 minutes north of Montpelier, in a massive white house across from a perfectly manicured pond and a gnarly Class 3 road. They found me on Instagram and let me know then that they moved here from Oakland, California, to escape the wildfires. We have similar stories as to why we moved to Vermont, so I'm really excited to speak with them. Plus, there's the pandemic. The fact that they're welcoming me into their home at all is a new feeling.
8: Hi, Hi I'm Myra. We're all, we're all vaccinated, but yes. we're happy to wear a mask if you are. Yeah. Yeah, thank yes. you.
1: It's actually... I'm met by Heather, Jonah, and seven-year-old Dylan Meacham, who's all dressed up and offers me hors d'oeuvres throughout the interview.
5: By the way, my name is Dylan, and sometimes I feel like I live in a mansion. I thought that you got, you might be my favorite podcast. With a kid po- podcast, which is circle round, but this is as, this is just as good. Oh my goodness!
1: Can we put you in a commercial? <laughs> yes, this yes, okay. There's also their dog Kai, and we'll hear more from him soon enough. This family may be living on a dirt road, but they still have their California jobs. Heather works for Ancestry, and Jonah, let's just say he's good at working with the talent.
8: I know, but did you hear what she just asked? Um, yeah, yeah. So now she's recording, and so we want to we want to be able to calmly and slowly when she asks us something, answer. Okay.
1: Can you run a course on how to uh, coach kids on podcasts? <laughs> excuse me.
8: I do production.
1: Yeah. Jonah does production, a job that in California usually needs little more description than that because the entertainment industry is so prevalent. And he still works at events physically elsewhere. So he flies a lot.
5: Um so like there's this feeling. Um I feel like ever since I moved to Vermont, um like it's been really hard because like some even my mom feels a little less agreeable. Sorry if this is hurting your feelings, Mama. Okay. And and daddy has kinda of supporting Mama but but uh, also supporting me, which kinda of might feel a little bit different to me. And and I'm trying and I'm trying to push through that but it can also be really hard. before you got here my dad came back from a work trip so it's been really hard without him having here reading Danny Champion of the World my favorite chapter book and i think that's pretty much um the worst thing that's been happening
8: are you saying that it's been that that it's just been harder here that because we it we've been different. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Sorry if this
8: is. It's good. okay, love. You can say that. That's all right. Thank you for sharing that.
1: And the Meachams opened up even more about the challenges they faced since arriving to Vermont, like diversity, that old chestnut.
3: That is one of the things I deeply miss about the Bay Area is, you know, the cultural diversity.
8: I, I a hundred percent agree. And it's really, it's really challenging for me, raising, raising a, a child here, raising our son here. I, I grew up here, but for me, it's, it's just, it is that connection with, with people who have a different lived experience. Um, and, I was pleasantly surprised coming back that there is definitely more of that here than when I was growing up. So that's great. But there's still a ton of racism in Vermont and it's really prevalent and um, and not just racism, but uh, um, intolerance of, of diverse perspectives and, and diverse lived experience. And it's just hard.
1: It's become abundantly clear to me that a close second to the diversity folks miss upon moving to Vermont is the food that follows all that culture. If there's one thing that you could import from the city that you just miss so much and you wish was here, what is it?
3: Pork bonhmi sandwiches. I
5: miss, I miss like... Adventure and I was getting like the, these watermelon drinks from like a refreshment um, diner thing. Watermelon lychee. Watermelon lychee.
8: And and what favorite food do you get here that you don't get in California? Have Creamies. More. What kind? Maple. Yeah.
6: <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, did you
1: While chatting with the Meachams, I pitched them an idea I had, inspired by our question asker, Sydney.
4: I just feel like there might be like a stereotype that people from like big cities are moving to like really small towns in Vermont without maybe knowing so much what it's like there in the off season. So I'm just curious, like people coming from big cities, is it a culture shock? And do they think it's a good one or a bad one? Is this... Um, what they thought it would be, or, um, are they thinking more of going back to the city? All right. So how would you feel about
1: doing a little lightning round kind of interview where I shoot a bunch of stereotypes? Some Vermonters have about West coasters moving here cool. at you and you can either agree, dispel or say pass. Okay, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> okay cool. all people who move here from the west coast during the pandemic
3: can't hack it during winter? Dispel. Why? Winter is amazingly beautiful and there's so much you can do outdoors. I would say um, what's tougher is mud season and spring. Next question.
1: People who move here from not only out of state, but the West Coast, um, are kind of intrigued, if not uh, have like a romanticized or romantic notion of the quaintness here, but don't actually um, know the history of it, want to become it, or want to financially participate
3: in keeping it going and supporting it. Dispel. Yes. I mean... There's no question that Vermont is quaint and beautiful and lovely, but um, one of the things that's that, has, that we valued in California was the deep community that we had built. And moving here, we really hope to establish the same community. Um, in fact, we've been really impatient to do so. It's been challenging to do when, you know, you're in the middle of a pandemic and you can't interact.
1: ready for a hard-hitting one and remember you can say pass okay people from out of state came here to buy up all the houses with cash and make it unaffordable for quote-unquote real vermonters to live here
3: that is not our intent but but i worry that that is an unintended consequence of you know climate refugees and, and, you know, an influx of, you know, new people, uh, to Vermont. And I think that's going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I just, I just want to say that I don't think that that's right. Mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm. People buying up the houses. Yeah. You don't think that's right.
5: Yeah. For, yeah. Um, is, is what's, is what's going on. The people buying up all the houses, um, even the ones that Vermonters live in?
8: Well, um, what there's, what Myra's asking is there are some people who are coming to Vermont um, and they have a lot of money from other places, and so they're using that money to, to buy homes. And the question is, are they, and this is, my answer would be, I think it really depends on what is your intention um, are you intending to come here and live in that home year-round and invest your money in the community? Um, or is your intention to have a second home or just a pandemic getaway? Um, and I think if, if, it's, the, if it's the former, um, which is our case, I, I think Vermont only benefits from that.
1: My final question is Sydney's question. How are the people who moved here during the pandemic, doing now? How are you doing?
3: I think we're doing better.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the show, and thanks to Sydney Lucia for the fantastic question. If you have a question you want us to tackle in an upcoming episode, ask it at bravelittlestate.org. That's also where you can find photos of some of the folks I interviewed today. Also, we're thinking of hosting an event for all of you who moved to Vermont recently, and we'd love to hear from you. Should it be remote? In person? What kind of stuff should we do? Email us at hello at bravelittlestate.org to let us know what you think. Or you can call our BLS hotline, 802-552-4880. And make sure to sign up for our newsletter so you can see any announcements we make in the future. I reported this episode and I did the mix and sound design, additional production and editing from the Brave Little State team, Angela Evansy, Josh Crane, and me, Myra Flynn. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions, Jay Green, and me. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from VPR-sustaining members. You can become one of those at bravelittlestate.org slash donate, or just tell your friends about the show. I'm Myra Flynn. We'll be back soon with more people-powered Vermont storytelling. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions.